Welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. And with me are my trusty companions. Uh, the one and only Mushu. Okay, I said trusty companions, but that's fine. Whatever this guy wants to That's be. why I assumed you were talking about no, me. Okay. No, I was actually talking about Anthony, but that's fine. If you want to interrupt and be somebody. Why her companion? I don't really consider you my trusty companion, but that's fine. Anyways, Mushu is here with me in the studio and Anthony. And so we have a show for you tonight because that's what we do here at Paranormal Roundtable. Welcome to Tuesday night's offering of Paranormal Roundtable. Uh, And we have the encounters with the black dog. That's what we're going to talk about really quickly. Got to do a promotion for this. This is what we do. Um, We are doing a conference. Okay. Uh, And that is going to be Labor Day weekend. The first, second, and third. The first is for VIP only. Second and third are for everybody. You really want to get a VIP ticket, but if you can't, hey, a, good, a regular ticket gives you a whole lot too. You just don't get the VIP dinner, but you get uh, everything else. And well, also the VIPs get a couple other perks too, like get to spend a little bit more time with the speakers and, you know, they get a, a free poster that's got everybody's autograph on it. Um, but if you, you if you can't afford that or whatever, then get a regular ticket, just get there. Just get there. That's the main thing is just get there, get your ticket, get there, and we will take care of you, okay? I'm a good host. I did a good job of taking care of everybody last year, um, you know, and, and I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to make sure everybody – nobody's going to leave empty-handed, I promise you. If you're a listener of this show and you want to go to that conference, you get there, okay? I just I just want people to go and have a good time. That being said, it's Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. That is according to send me your stories. I want to hurry up and get through all this so we can uh, get to the stories. But first, don't forget, go go join our Facebook group. It's free. What happens if they if they join the Facebook group when we when we drop the episode on it? Uh, well, every time we drop an episode, we put a little link onto the Facebook group, and if you comment onto that link, then <clears throat> and we like that comment, then what we'll do is we'll choose your comment and we'll send you something pretty cool. Normally, it's going to be a signed book. Uh, but it might change depending on what we're feeling. But for the most part, we're probably going to send you, give a, you an autograph book. Autograph yeah. book, yeah. Now, if you want to watch our Friday night live stream, we give away all kinds of prizes on there. Yeah, there's and, always a chance to win here. Yep. And right now, we're doing a promotion. Uh, the first ten people to jump on to the thirty dollar tier get not only do they get an extra large uh, swag bag because we now have a thirty dollar tier in our in our Patreon. Um, and that is patreon.com slash PRT podcast, patreon.com slash PRT podcast. Go sign up for the $30 tier and you'll get two autograph books, one of your choice. And then you'll get an autograph copy from Lyle Blackburn, Ken Gerhardt, American monster tour. And it is signed by both of those gentlemen. And if you, uh, do the, the, the first 10 people to do that, uh, we'll get that, uh, promotion. Um, now here's another, uh, promotion we just had on the Friday night live stream, but it, it, it's, it's ended because today is Tuesday. Well, you know what? I'm feeling kind of generous. I'm going to give you one more day, one more day. If you buy a regular ticket, 10 people, first 10 people from Friday night's live stream up until today, which is Tuesday. If you buy a regular, uh, ticket, okay. 
we're going to give you the poster for free. Okay. That's something that's exclusive to the VIP. We'll actually give you one of the posters for the next 10 people, but make sure that you show us at the door. Hey, or actually just come to me at the conference, find me. I'll be there. You'll see my big humongous body sitting there at my table uh, with my trusty companions. And all you got to do is say, Hey, look, here's the date from, uh, from the 21st up to the 20, what? Fifth, I guess. Yeah. The 25th would be yeah Tuesday today. Yeah. And then you just, you just say, Hey, I bought a ticket between these days here. And, and if you did, then you get a poster. Okay. First 10 people. All right. So anyway, that's promotions that are going on. If you're not watching the Friday night live stream on YouTube, you're missing out. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, we had a lot of fun last Friday. We had Lisa Lichen on and she knocked it out of the park. And we, we talked about a lot of really cool big man, Bigfoot and big man, big man and dogfoot. A lot of dog man and Bigfoot stuff. And we big went, feats. we went around. With the big feats and the dogmans. Well, more importantly, you're probably going to miss the broken wheel of dreams, which is I know what everybody really goes on to PRP, uh, PRT podcast to really join is just that broken wheel of We're dreams. The podcast, the live stream. No, the live stream. That's correct. We are now back on Spotify. Spotify, we worked it out. And so now we're back on Spotify and hopefully everything goes smooth and we'll be on Spotify now. So everybody can be quick crying and hey... We're here. Okay? Not just Spotify, though, but also those 13 other platforms. Yeah, there's like 14 platforms we're on. I can't even name them all. There's so many of them. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podbean, Google, Apple. Yeah, we're on like all, all of the most common uh, podcast platforms. Yeah, but, but Spotify and YouTube are the ones I want you to listen to. <laughs> okay, so those are the ones I have deals with. Go listen to them on there and whatever. Okay, so that being said, let's get started here. And and now we're going to get serious. We're going to talk about the black dog. Um, for those of you who aren't maybe not quite aware of what the black dog is, uh, I'll start with this. The Spanish name for the black dog is the Cadejo. The Cadejo is actually uh, a legend in Central and South America, and it is a spirit and it appears as a dog-shaped creature, uh, commonly with blue or green eyes. And some say it has red eyes when it's going to attack and kill you. And it is supposedly an evil uh, black creature. Now, the, another aspect to the black dog is that it is not just um, something that will attack and kill you. But the, the legend is that if it runs between your legs, it will actually steal your soul. And one of the things that happened, one of the stories we're going to talk about tonight, that actually happened to a person. And I don't know if there's truth to that. I'm hoping not for this gentleman's sake, but I mean, that is the story. Now, Anthony, you remember my great aunt, Hova. Yeah. She was very adamant that that guy that was a very real thing. And that if you went out and about running around, running the streets, whatever, and we've talked about the Cadejo many times on this show. I believe I've had my own encounters with this creature and what they refer to as the hombre lobo or the, or the werewolf, wolfman, whatever. Two different things. The black dog I encountered, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's called uh, Black Black Hell Hounds of Taylor, Texas. Yeah, and I, and I did that episode with my friend Tony Duran, who was there along with my friend Jason and Oscar, who we all saw these black dogs together. Now, I'm not going to get into that story. You can go back and listen to it. But uh, it's it's something completely different from the dog man. 
These stories tonight are not dogman werewolf stories. These are encounters with the black dog. And in some ways, I think it's even more sinister because it appears as like a dog, but it's not a normal dog. Another story we did about this is Beware of Dog. And that one was quite uh, an odd story. It yeah, became... it's, it has a lot of creepy tones to it. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it, it plays on innocence. It kind of takes advantage, I feel like, of, you know, people's willingness to be con- nice to dogs, you know, or companionship. It took that. advantage of altruism that's basically, like, common in certain people. Yeah. I mean, it... it it's something that, that moral people have and they're like, Oh, this poor animal. And they take it in and then it becomes a menace now. But these stories here, I'll start with this one. This one, this one started very, uh, strange. It was a scary uh, thing that happened to these people. This story takes place down in Harlingen. It's down in the Valley in South Texas. Now, that area is known for all kinds of weird stuff. Like the Cadejo is just one of many creatures that people encounter down there. People see flying humanoids like the Lechusa and people re- report La Llorona. I think uh, I've read a couple of thunder. Uh, th- yeah. Thunderbird stories down yeah. there. Yeah. Th- there. And, and of course uh, down from, from Alice all the way down, you know, that whole area, I'd say Raymondville and, and what's it called? Um, uh, what's the other place that's very common? Brownsville. All those places, McAllen, it, it's called the Valley, Edinburgh, it, the, Westlaco. The, the, that whole area has a lot of like Mexican folklore. People talk about Brujeria, which is like this magic and stuff. Well, anyway, this is the Black Dog, which is known as the Cadejo. And uh, what happened with these people, they, they had two little kids, there's a couple. And they were a young couple, and they had two little children, and the oldest was seven, and the little girl was five at the time when this happened. I don't have a time frame for when it happened. I just know that it was in the, in the late 90s, or early 2000s, which was when this these encounters took place. And there were multiple. It wasn't just one, one thing. Um, but the black dog was very prevalent in this, and, and it started with the little girl saying that she saw a doggy in the tree. And she didn't say it was malicious and she wasn't afraid of it. The scary thing was that it was it was showing up in the tree right outside of her upstairs bedroom. And she was telling her her mom and dad that she wanted to go out and play with it. And one day her mother was washing clothes and heard her talking. And she went upstairs, and this was broad daylight, and saw her opening, trying to open her window to try to get outside to go to that tree branch. And it scared the heck out of her. And she had to explain, look, there, first of all, there can't be a, a large black dog, you know, you're out at that. It's impossible. Okay. So your imaginary friend, right? You can't go out there. Okay. She had to make sure that she understood that. Now, the little boy at first just kind of teased her and made fun of her and said, you're, you're, you're lying. This isn't real, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And said, oh, you're just, you know. Now, in, in Mexican culture, everybody's Wolita, everybody's grandmother has like a cocoy in the closet. I mean, this is beyond. Yeah, always. Right? Always. And it's always going to come out whenever you act bad. And when you act bad, the cocoy comes out and does all kinds of bad stuff to you because you're bad. Okay. Now, th- th- this little girl was very adamant that this was happening. One day, the downstairs closet, and we've heard stories like this before, 
opened up. The little boy and his friend were sitting there playing Xbox. They turn around and they see a black dog just standing there in that closet. I believe they call it the coat closet in a lot of houses. Yeah. And they turned around and they're just staring at this thing. Then it steps backwards into the coat closet and the door closes. They jump up, run screaming to get the dad. It's on a Saturday afternoon. He had a friend that had come over to stay for the weekend. The dad comes inside, opens the coat closet. He's like, there's nothing there. You're just seeing things. That was his first encounter with the black dog or the cadejo. But there again, it was benign. Nothing really came of it. Then there was another time where him and a friend, uh, a different friend, were playing video games up in his bedroom late at night. And they were get, get the mom was getting ready to tell him to go to bed, and she hears him screaming as she just comes out of the bedroom. She says, "I'm just about to turn the corner, and I hear them screaming." And she says, "I see this shadowy whatever." She goes, "It didn't look like a dog; it just looked like a black shadow move across the wall real fast." When the boys, uh, when she talked to them and asked them what they saw that was making them so unnerved and afraid, they said it was a large, black, wolfish-looking dog. They didn't say it was a wolf. They said it was a wolfish-looking dog. The one little boy started calling it a chupacabra because that's, in Latin terms, always like, okay, everything's a chupacabra or yeah. a cuy, you know. Fantasma. A fantasma is a ghost, yeah. But but this, so the mom said, look, I don't know what I saw that day. She's like, but I know what I saw later on. And she said that one day she was pulling into the driveway and she saw this large black dog that looked almost like a German shepherd, but way oversized. And it was carrying a rabbit in its mouth. The bad thing was that they had a hutch of rabbits in their backyard. So she thought this thing just killed one of our rabbits. So she, you know, freaks out, honks the horn. This thing takes off running, jumps over the neighbor's fence which she said was a good six foot high and then was gone. So she said that it, it went over their fence and then like it looked either went under or over the neighbor's uh, other side of their front fence. She asked the neighbor if they'd seen anything. They said no. She went to the back and sure enough, one of their rabbits was gone. It was, it had been taken. And she told their husband and her husband's like, everybody's seeing this black dog. I'm not seeing it, you know, whatever. Um, but one day he was getting up, he had a meeting and it was a weekend meeting. And he said, I had to go in to, to deal with some stuff for work. And he said, I'm getting up and I'm putting on my clothes. It wasn't a big formal meeting. He wasn't having to put on like, you know, anything fancy. He's like, but I'm standing there and we have this, uh, full size mirror in our bedroom. And he goes, and I'm just like, like standing in front of the mirror. And I, I see behind me on my left side, what looks like a black dog's head peeking out from underneath the bed. And he's like, dude, I, I'm staring at it, and it it's looking at me through the mirror, and I'm like, there is a dog, a very large black dog in my freaking bedroom. What in the heck is going on? So he turns around real quick and looks, and it's gone. Now, he has a pistol right there in his dresser. In his, in his uh, uh, dresser. He opens it, pulls it out of his sock drawer, and um, smart man, he's like, you know, a lot, a lot of people, he carries a revolver right there by his bedside. And he says, dude, I, I grabbed it. And I was like, dude, I go to look under the bed. He said, for a split second, I see 
red eyes with a large wolf-like head growling at me in my face. He goes, and no sooner did I poke the gun under the bed towards it, it was gone. He said, and I stood up and I ran around the other side at this point. He goes, my wife, she wakes up and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, I just saw this black dog poking its head around from under the bed. And she's like, I told you it's real. And he's like, okay, well, it's we need to find it. Then they see something like, like move in the corner of the room and it looked like a shadow. So then she freaks out, he freaks out, and then she gets the kids and they decide to go to the park to get away from this whatever while he's at his meeting. So something's going on. He comes home. Nobody's there. Um, he calls his wife and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm home now, you know, uh, whatever. And she was at her mom's at that point. And she said, okay, because she, she left him a note saying I'd be at mom, my mom's until you know, after we leave the park, 3 o'clock, whatever. He comes back with the kids. No sooner did she walk in the door than he stands up when she's walking in the door of the bedroom. And this, when he looked down and said that it was like a dog low crawling underneath in between his legs and runs from, from his bedroom into, their, into the master bedroom's bathroom. Runs between his legs. He said, dude, I felt it. It was fur. It was like just as flesh and blood and as real as, you know, you touch somebody, you know, that you, you know. And he's like, dude, my wife saw it. And then we both stood there in shock as it ran through a closed bathroom door. So they had to get up the courage. You know, this guy's got a firearm, tells his wife, hey, she knows how to use a firearm, gives it to her. And they're sitting there holding guns. He said, I felt like we were in Mission Impossible or something. I'm sitting, you know, you know, finally we, we, we opened the door and we're like, you know, we're looking around this, be- this bathroom. There's nothing. Now, in the closet, it's nowhere to be found. Well, this thing had had killed one of the rabbits. Two days after that incident, they find another rabbit dead, like what was left of it, on their deck. Very upset at this point. He's very upset. He's like, dude, this this thing is not a flesh and blood being, but it's doing flesh and blood things. And he never did figure out what it was that was causing it. The good thing was that that wasn't, that was a rental house. And so as soon as their lease was up, he said a couple more months went by where not a whole lot of activity happened. They would see glimpses of this thing. Um, They didn't lose any more rabbits. They started keeping a real close eye on them. Uh, They didn't have any other dogs of their own. And they had a cat that was constantly hiding and eventually disappeared. They don't know what happened to it. And then they moved out of that house, and that ended their whatever encounters with this black dog. So I asked him, I said, did you ever go back to that neighborhood and just kind of drive through there? Maybe he says, yeah, I did. Actually, I did. Um, he goes, I didn't, I didn't see anything. He goes, and I never got the, the, the nerve up to go and knock on the door and ask the current people if they were having encounters with a demonic black dog. I asked him what it looked like, and he said it was wolfish-like. Very large, but the lower back part of the, the, the body was more like a German shepherd. You know, the German shepherds have the, the kind of sloping back with the lower back legs. So he considered it more dog-like than wolf-like. But it was very much a black dog. And uh, the little girl said sometimes she would see its eyes glowing yellow, and sometimes the eyes were green. 
and it would sit in the tree and just stare at her. So I don't know what that was or what that could be. Um, I just know that that's what they told me. Uh, so that, you know, that is a, a story of, a, of people's encounter with the black dog. Um, but that's not even the weirdest um, stories we got. I got I got one here. This one was out of Alpine, Texas. Now, if you know anything about Texas, Alpine's way out west, and it's just, uh, I believe, north of Big Bend. You might want to look that up. I'm not 100% sure. It's right, uh, I believe it's east of Marfa. I know that. And Marfa is known for the Marfa Lights. And, of course, I've told a story on, on uh, another channel about uh, this friend of mine, this DJ, named Cosmo, who actually um, had an encounter with dogmen. But uh, this thing's a little different. This happened in Alpine. It, it, this is a little different. Uh, and it, this wasn't in Alpine. This was on a ranch outside of there. Yeah, it's, it's north of Big Ben. Yeah, it's north of Big Ben. And I believe that this ranch was just east of, of Alpine. And what happened was there was, and this happened back, I believe they said it was in the 80s, in the early 80s. And I was given this story by somebody who claimed that it happened to his grandfather and his grandfather's brother. And then I was actually able to talk to one of the people that was still around, was still alive, who was that guy's uncle. And he actually said that he was a teenager when this happened, but he remembers it. And his uncle told me, uh, verified this story from the individual that originally had told it secondhand from his grandfather and his great uncle. And this was his uncle. Um, so it was, it was this man who told me this story and his dad. And they worked out on a ranch together uh, or worked his ranch together. And it wasn't a very large place, but they had back then a couple of field hands and one of them, one, one of the problems is predation, you know, upon cattle and sheep, and they had both. And one of these uh, coyotes, they thought it was a coyote, had grabbed the hold of the back of one of the, of, the, of the newborn lambs and was trying to take it. And they shot at it, and they were pretty confident that they hit it, but it got away. So they decided to give chase because this black coyote, as they, they thought is what it was, had been messing with the animals and causing problems. And there was more than one, but this one in particular, and this is a really weird story, uh, but not unheard of. I've heard of weird stuff like this with these black dogs. And so this thing ran down into what they thought was a gopher hole. And so when it, this is weird. Whenever they cornered it, I guess, so to speak, they all jumped off of their their, their horses. There were two vaqueros there, cowboys in Spanish, and and the two ranchers, the grandfather and his brother. And uh, the uncle remembers this story, like, because he got it secondhand from them, but he did see the body. So that's what's weird. Um, and he was working on the ranch at that time or living there. And what happened was they couldn't get it out of the gopher hole. And they were still stumped as to how it even squeezed into it because they said it was a very large uh, coyote, but it was built like a coyote. They were pretty adamant that that's what it was. It wasn't a wolf, but it was large like a wolf. And one of them stuck his rifle down in there and fired two shots. Well, what popped out of that gopher hole was no coyote. What came out of that gopher hole was what they said was an eight-foot-long sidewinding rattlesnake that came out kind of moving sideways, striking at them, and it was black. 
And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen many black rattlesnakes. Yeah. And they said it was completely black and it had red eyes. And eventually one of them snuck up from behind it and hit it with a machete and managed to kill it, cutting it in half. Um, and then it, the, it, when it was in two parts, it began to kind of writhe around. And so then they had to cut it again to where all that was left was just the head and then the two segments of the body. And what they, they stuck it, they went to stick it in a bag and then they, they, they strung it up, uh, the bag tied it up and they put it over the back of a horse. Well, after about two paces, the horse bucked and reared and the, the bag opened up and they said that they had tied this bag pretty well. The, the bag opened up and what fell out was the body of a dog, a black dog. Not cut up. Yeah, cut up. Yeah, oh. just like they did with the snake. So you tell me what that was. I don't know. But that that story and, and the guy said, you know, I was 17. I remember this. And they brought this body back and they and they told the story of what they shot at in that hole and what came out of it. So they see this, this coyote go into a gopher hole. Mm-hmm. They, Squeeze into it somehow, first of all. It's way too small of a hole for it. It somehow fits and a black snake comes out. And it sounds Which like one a of the vaqueros killed. Yeah. And they bagged it up. Bagged it up. Slung it over the horse. Mm-hmm. And the bag uh, falls open. The horse reared. Well, the horse it reared on. up. Yeah. And the corpse of a black dog comes out of the back. Mm-hmm. That's like all kinds of shape shifting and just weirdness. Well, what's crazy is that, you know, people argue with him, you know, and, and, and the guy said, you know, it's a crazy story. He goes, and I wasn't there to witness it. He goes, but my grandfather and his brother. And the two guys that worked for him weren't going to sit there and lie to me about it. He goes, they were pretty shook up, and one of the cowboys quit. He's like, I'm not, I'm not messing with this. I don't know what this is, but it was Brujerias, you know what they thought, you know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like black it. magic. Yeah, so they backed off. They quit, you know, whatever. Um, and one of them, one of the workers that was there was Yatki, and I don't know if you know what that is. Isn't it a it's, type of Native American? It's it's a type of Native American that was from uh, northwestern Mexico. Um, and, and very much like the Native American, like you would like the Comanches or the Kiowa, you know, right. um, that kind of Native American. And the, the Yatki Indian, he said straight up, this is medicine. Somebody did this. Now, at that time, they were having a dispute with a, with a neighboring ranch and there were some issues going on. I don't know the details of, of any of that. I just know this is the story that was given to me. But, uh, yeah, I, I've wondered about that story before. That- um Definitely weird. I was kind of excited because I thought you said like, oh, a whole dog came out like it was all together. It just came out like a a dead, fully together dog. And I was like, that's so weird. But the only thing I could think of was that black puddle that would form shapes. Like if that thing was like, if that was what it was, but the fact that they came out already in pieces and like how the snake was. Makes me have like no idea what the heck. What do you mean it came out of the bag? And yeah, when it came out of the bag as the mm-hmm. dog, the fact that it was already cut up like the snake was mm-hmm. makes me think like I, I don't have any well, idea what it could uh, be. Another weird thing was that there was no blood. Yeah, There's another thing, another aspect to it. And, and then here's something to think about too. This particular creature had also attacked and killed one of their uh, healers, you know, they have healers that, that that are like cattle dogs. You guys go to the the PBR events with me, the bull riding events, you know how they, you know, mm-hmm. you know they do what they do. 
uh, herd dogs, but th- one of them had gotten bit by one of these black coyotes. It wasn't, there's more than one. Uh, it, it got into like a fight with one of them and it subsequently it died. And they said that the way it died was like how, like getting bit by a snake. It was poisoned. Like it was poisoned. Yeah. They took it to the vet and it, and it was, it died in agony. And the vet was like, this isn't a normal bite from a dog. I don't know, or a coyote. I don't know what this is, but it died like it was killed by venom. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, like a 1981, 82, something like that. You know, this is a long time ago. Um, so I can't, you know, talk to the veterinarian. All I could do is talk to the guy that gave me the story and then his uncle who was, who was there. Now, he did actually witness the attack from this black coyote that attacked one of the healers. And he said there were two of them, but one of them did the attacking and the other one was like going out and trying to mess with the sheep. And, you know, he chased it off, shot at it, whatever. Um, so these weren't ordinary animals. I don't know what they are, what, what they, what kind of creatures these were. But, uh, yeah, and, and, and this isn't the first time I've heard of weird stories like this. I got another weird story, and this one was, you know, we were talking about Lexington on the show on Friday. You know, um, if you like I said, if you don't listen to the live streams or you're missing out, if you're not watching the YouTube live streams, you're missing a lot of information. Uh, and, and it was really odd. It was a rancher that had given me a story near Caldwell and uh, in, in between Lexington and Caldwell. And he had said years ago, like back in 1976, I believe he said it was, my notes, 77. And he said that what happened was that there was a dog that had attacked one of their dogs. It was a wild dog and it was part of a pack of wild dogs, but they weren't all black. And that's what, that's why they're not really a part of this whole thing. But, uh, it actually, when it bit one of their dogs on the face, um, when they took it to the vet and it died, the vet was convinced that it had been struck by a rattlesnake. I thought that was weird. And that was a story that was given to me like years and years ago. Um, in fact, that story I think was told to me, the guy that I saw the dog man with when I was 15. Uh, that story that was told to us by our neighbor that lived way out, you know, when I was living out there in that area. And he said that when he was working on a ranch years ago in 1977, and um, I just remember that and him telling me that. And that was a... That was a weird story, but it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a black dog, at least from what I remember. I don't think he said it was a black dog, but uh, what kind of creatures those are that would do that, that's bizarre, you know, but it's not unheard of. You know, um, when you're dealing with evil, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of like, obviously some kind of black magic, but maybe some practitioner got a hold of, of these these coyotes or these animals and, and turn them into whatever that is. Well, these are obviously the packs of dogs that uh, go around attacking everybody. So that, that, that makes sense that there's little monsters among them. Yeah, like maybe. Well, because you get stories of like dog men who run around with, with dogs. Mm-hmm. And we actually talked about that too a little bit on the show on Friday too. Uh, we were referencing a show that I episode that I had done. Uh, here, here's another one. Now, this one happened in near Lawrence Cemetery. These, this one's in Texas, also. And uh, Lawrence, the, the area of Lawrence Cemetery, we we went to Scruggs out there where the bull riding event was, and uh, we stopped on the way out. And we we were with Loki and Alec, and I remember we took a picture of it. The cemetery is right there, and then you had the 
the dog run log cabin right there next to the cemetery. And uh, we were talking about how brave those people must have been to build that with the Comanche that's running around wild, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, Lawrence Cemetery is, is a haunted place. A lot of people have gone out there and been spooked. What that area is predominantly known for is Black Panthers. Now, I've gotten stories of Black Panthers, and I've gotten stories of Black Panthers walking around on two legs. And we've covered a lot of those reports. But this one was weird. A guy went out there. Uh, when he was a 19-year-old young man, uh, he's about a year or two older than me <clears throat> now. So this happened, you know, a long time ago. He was with his, because uh, I'm an old guy, but uh, he was with his uh, girlfriend at the time. And she was, I think, 17 or 18. And he was like uh, 18 or 19, something like that. They were about a year apart. And he said that they were they were out on a date and they decided to drive around out in the country on a spring night. It's really nice out there, you know, the wind blows. We've driven out there many times in that whole area, you know, and done some done some research on it. And, you know, we've had people see orbs and, you know, all kinds of stuff, man, out there. Do people claim to have seen Bigfoot and Dogman and everything in between? But uh they they weren't looking for anything. They were just he was just trying to find a place to hang out with his girl, you know. And so he pulls up and she she goes, I want to check out the cemetery because it's supposed to be haunted, right? So he says, okay. So they drive out there to the, to the Lawrence Cemetery. It was dusk. Well, it started to get dark. Right around dark, you know, as they're kissing and kind of paying attention to each other, there's something that they see coming out of the edge of the cemetery, and they look, and they're like, it's a dog. And he's like, that's a big dog, and it's really big. And it just like nonchalantly jumps over the fence, which is a pretty tall fence. It just jumps over it. And then it just kind of like starts sniffing around. And next thing you know, it just runs over to their vehicle. <clears throat> and he was in a Mustang. And so the vehicle is not real high off the ground anyway. But this dog like leaned its head down to look into the passenger side. Spooked her. The the, the girl he was with was, was, was pretty spooked because she's like, I'm looking eye level with this dog. And there was nothing... Like the eyes weren't fiery, glowing, or nothing. It was nothing like that. It wasn't. It was just kind of like there. It was just a dog. And so he he said it's just a very large dog, an unusually large dog. Just don't open your door. It will be fine. Well, it starts to walk around and sniffing around the ground and just doing what a dog does. And then it urinates on the back of his car. And he's like, dude. So he gets kind of upset about that. So he starts the engine, you know, to try to get it. Maybe it'll go, off, you know. Yeah. yeah. So he honks the horn, and it kind of saunters off into the into the brush. Well, about five ten minutes later, it comes back, and it's on his side, and he looks over in his window, and it's growling. At this point, it's obviously it's 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 angry, and he's like, "Okay, now I'm freaked out." So he starts his car, and he gets ready to try to leave. This thing jumps up onto the hood of his car. He said that it was so heavy that when it got onto the car, it weighted the car down to where his tires were hitting the wheel well. And he was like, it was unnaturally heavy. And he said that it was like, ba-boom, ba-boom, you know, like two steps. And it had put dents in his car. And he said that it started to put its weight on the wind at windshield. And it seemed like the windshield was going to break. And so he was like, dude, it cracked my windshield. He goes, I backed up as fast as I could. And at this point, <clears throat> luckily he didn't have a ragtop car. 
it started to go over the top of his car and he backed up and he like spun around in, in, in like a, a 180 and it flew off the car and landed on the ground and rolled and got up and then it just took off chasing after him. And he's like tearing, you know, his, you know, tearing butt around the corner of there trying to get away from this thing. And he said that this thing began to chase him. And it chased his car, and he said, I got up to about 45, 50, and it was keeping pace with me. And then eventually, just like, it just veered off and was gone. And he's like, to this day, I don't know what that was. It was just a very large, shaggy black dog that looked like it was maybe half wolf. But it was larger than any wolf or dog he'd ever seen. And he said, it messed up the hood of my car. And he said that where it urinated on the back of his car, the part that hit the paint, it, it rusted it like really quickly. Like it was rusted within two days. And so he thought that it was very weird and that it then it crawled up on the top of the hood of his car and then was on the, you know, like window, windshield, like it was cracking the windshield with his weight. And he said it probably was only just the, the front end of the, the beast was actually doing the damage. So it, it was a very strange encounter, and I don't know this guy. I did not know this guy personally until I began to talk to him, and he was referred to to us by a friend of ours. Um, <clears throat> I'll say this. He was a person who was drunk at Emily's wedding. <laughs> so like, you probably know who I'm talking about. He likes to go hunting and act a fool. Yeah. But, okay, anyway, is it, somebody that knows him and told me that story. Of course, that individual was like, oh, I don't know if I believe all that, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he's going to say that but um, because that's how he is. But I'm not going to say his name. But this other guy, he told me this story. And, you know, he works, you know, right there in Round Rock. He's he's just a normal guy, you know, <clears throat> just, just lives his life like we do, but had a crazy story. And, you know, I mean, when you take the history of that area, though, and I could talk about it all day long. I mean, you're talking about Black Panthers, Bigfoot, Dogman. Um, don't know about any Goatman stories out there, but definitely a lot of weird stuff has gone on there. <clears throat> and you, when you think about that cemetery, the black dog would just make sense. <laughs> you know, it just like it would just it just adds to the lore of that place because it is a it, when you're driving along and you see that place, you're like, there's nothing. And then you come around this curve and then there's like a cemetery there. And then it's just surrounded by woods. There's a clearing and then there's an old cabin where they just said, oh, this looks like a nice place to build for the Indians to come kill us <laughs> or bandits or raiders or whatever. You know, it just seems so defenseless and unprotected. And then there's the church, you know, so you got that church and then a chapel, you know, it's just a little chapel and you have that, that, that old log cabin. From, I think it was, what, 1833 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's still there to this day. We took pictures of it, you know, and, and it just seems like a very uh, spooky place. And there's just like, there's these buildings in, in a cemetery that just pop up out of nowhere. And then you're back in the desolate nowhere again, you know, until you get to the mighty town of Thrall, which has all of, what, a thousand people on a good day? Maybe. If they're having a parade. I don't know. But I mean, you know, they have a Shasta machine there. I know that. Oh yeah. wow, that's actually uh, the, the their biggest attraction. The draw is the yeah the draw to thrall. It's is right the there in the metropolitan <laughs> area of thrall. Yeah, well, it's quite I, a bustling yeah. area around that Shasta. My grandparents lived in thrall, and my grandpa used to take me out to Lawrence Cemetery because 
old man Lawrence that used to, they used to take care of. He was the last, you know, that was his grandfather's, uh, or his, his great grandfather's, you know, cabin. And this was back in the early eighties. He was already like 97, 98 years old. He was old. So yeah, he, it, it was, it was interesting, you know, like he remembers that land, you know, and listening, listening to him talk. And, uh, I just remember going out there and it was interesting cause he had some, some crazy stories to tell. My grandpa would always just be like, Oh, he's just crazy old man. You know, but yet my grandpa and my grandma saw like a hyena cryptid creature, you know, in Louisiana. And my grandpa claimed to have seen coyotes running on their hind legs in Pinto Canyon out there on the other side of Big Ben, which is, you know, we were talking about earlier at Alpine. So I don't know if those creatures had anything to do with the, uh, the shapeshifters. But anyway, moving on from that, that, I mean, that's a crazy story. I don't know your thoughts. I just don't. Like it when people hang out in cemeteries, and I'm looking at you, Anthony. But I just think it's foolish in general. So, like, I can't really say anything because it's like, what did you think was going to happen when you're going? It's like all the signs say, don't go here. It's literally a single row that leads to the cemetery, and it's already abandoned. But then it's a cemetery in the middle of the woods anyway. So then that you shouldn't be there any there. And then instead of, just going and visiting, you instead want to act a fool and, you know, do stupid stuff. And then you guys get surprised when something happens. It's like, what, what, what did you, what did you Well, expect? they weren't even actually in the cemetery proper. They were just right outside of it. Yeah, I know. But I mean, still, like, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, don't imply that I ever made a habit out of it. It was, it was like when I was a teenager. Yeah, but I never. Hanging out with teenagers other teenagers. Too. I mean, it doesn't matter. I was a teenager. I never thought, ooh, cemeteries. That's a good idea. We didn't even go out of our way to go there. We just ended I up there. I never went out of my way I to went go to one find when one. I was younger. There were plenty of cemeteries Jeez. around. I never really went to one. I, I don't know. I just never saw a draw of a cemetery as a place to hang out. So what? Like, so, it just never okay, made so any, what, like, You see it in movies So and you're stuff. chastising these people because they went there as teenagers to kiss? Yes. Because okay, it's like you right. go to cemetery, something creepy happens, and it's like, what do you yeah, expect yeah, to happen? It's like playing so. with Ouija boards. It's like it's, it's yeah, the see, same kind of level for me. They went out of their way to go to a cemetery. It's not. I, mean, I never I did think, that. I don't know. Well, moving on from that, I mean, do you have anything to add, Anthony? I think it would be interesting to know, like, what kind of substance would rust that particular type of metal yeah. so quickly. Because, I, I mean, it's probably, well, it's probably steel, right? Mm. I mean, like, what what well, what yeah. would rust steel almost instantaneously like that? I don't know what like Mustang was. I didn't ask that. I guess I should have done more. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, like that—that that would have been interesting to know because that because like you could look tests. up what what the body is made out of in that uh, particular year, and then try to find out like what kind of substances would almost instantaneously rust that particular type of metal. Like, yeah, that. within two days. You know, when we, we covered the story of the Dogman, or, or I don't say Dogman, Werewolf Church in Georgetown. You know, when when Josh said that it urinated on their vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You know, we never did figure out, like, like we, we never asked whether or not their urine yeah, did anything. anything. Came we never that. asked that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, maybe I should have. What I always find, you know, this always interests me because it's like, because um, you always hear stories about all kinds of, like, different interactions and stuff. But it's like, black dogs, are there, like, different kinds of them? Like, like for instance, these shapeshifter ones from earlier are those the different types than just what you would encounter like a hellhound? Or nope. like a Cadejo and a hellhound? Are those two entirely different things? 
or are they like kind of just one broader like cousin species where like they're all kind of just like monstrous dogs basically and they don't really differentiate from each other and the fact that this one was so heavy i don't know it just so makes large me, yeah but it just makes me think if it's if it's heavy enough to like significantly depress the suspension on a vehicle like that i mean what if it's something that's not even organic in the first place because yeah. i mean like what living thing is going to urinate some well, a substance that eats, eats through the paint of a car and then rusts it you know that quickly here's the here's the weird thing though all right it's heavy enough to instantly mess with the metal of a vehicle, but it can jump over a very tall fence. Mm-hmm, like easy, nothing. Yeah, like not easily. Yeah, so I mean, what if it, what, 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 I don't know, like what if it's some kind of like something that was actually created, like some kind of, uh, I don't know, extraterrestrial, like imitation, imitation. of organic life Something on supernatural Earth. for sure. Inner Earth is always like a possibility for me too, because a lot of these things that come from Inner Earth, they always seem to be like just beyond our comprehension. I mean, that's just mine. Yeah. Well, here's one though. Consider this one, and, and, and then we'll get into it. And <clears throat> this happened up in North Texas. We're still in Texas on this one, um, and hopefully, we'll have time to get to this last couple that I don't think we're going to. Uh, this one happened in a gym parking lot. Now, we we spend a lot of time working out in the gyms, and we do meet people. And I actually met this person through another individual that works at a gym, and that's how I got this person's information. And um, it's actually somebody that that we – I don't know if you guys knew him very well, but anyway, they used to work at the gym, and they gave me this information. Uh, And we were talking about this gym the other day. It's it's named – Something, oh, but, it's, but it doesn't stay open that for this. Yeah. Oh, Let's put yeah. it that way, yeah. Um, but but anyway, this person used to work. There. He was a really nice guy. You remember he used to work the overnight. Yeah, and he was a really nice guy. But he said, "Dude, the older guy." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's really yeah, cool. white haired guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, "Hey, I got a story, and I don't know. I don't have his permission to use his name, but he gave me a story one night when I was hanging out with Nelly, and and he just heard it secondhand, and he said, you know what? Let me get that guy's information for you.'" And so I was going through my emails. Remember the other day when it was so full, I had to, un- yeah. to, I had to delete it all. I had 42,000 emails, not all about this, but just together in one file. And so I had to delete a bunch of them. So I was going through there trying to save them all. And I felt like that guy on Underworld where he's trying to grab the scrolls and they're like, leave them behind. You know, and I was like, no. Okay. Well, anyway, Anthony's like, you're going to have to delete a bunch of this stuff. There's too much. And so I, I saved what I could and I found this one. And I saw the guy's name on there, and I said, oh, dude, I want this one. So I put it in the one of the other files, and I opened it up a few days ago, and I thought this would make a good one to tell. So I got in touch with this guy, and this guy, he doesn't work at the gym anymore. He hasn't in several years. But back in 2014, he worked at an overnight gym up there, up in North Texas. And what he saw on multiple occasions kind of blew my mind. Um, but it's not unheard of. You know, you guys have heard me talk about uh, a friend of mine I used to train named Bane. Uh, he was a friend of me and Bones. And Bane had had told me a similar story when he was working the overnight at a gym over there in Bee Caves. Uh, not completely the same, but like of this pack of like shadowy dogs. That's all he saw. One, But that, that place was haunted big time. But there was like this pack of shadowy dogs that ran through the parking lot one night. He was like, they were all black. And he thought that was odd. So when I talked to this guy, and this guy's cool. His name's Jared. I'm just not like he's not hiding his identity or anything like that. But I always use first name. I don't want to 
any anybody messing with him. You know, he's not really supernatural type guy. Nice enough to give me the story because he was friends with this other dude, Mike. You know, you know Mike. And uh, so he told what he told me was interesting. He said for for about two or three weeks right before he quit, a first it started with one, and it was just hanging out in the parking lot, and people were pulling in, and they were saying, "Hey." Two or three in the morning, every morning, two or three in the morning. So there's this black dog hanging around outside. Well, he said, well, one, one day this lady got chased inside the gym. Like she got, she ran inside to get away from something. And she said, there's this black dog out there. It's got green eyes. And he was like, green eyes. He hadn't seen it at this point. And he said he wouldn't, he would look on camera. And there was a camera right outside the, and, and you could see it facing the front. You could never see it. So he went out there and he looked, he didn't see it. And then one day he went out there because he was hanging out with his girlfriend and she was up there with her friend and her friend wanted to smoke a cigarette. And of course he's like, I don't smoke cigarettes. I, uh, I am healthy. Unlike some people we know. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, they go out there for his girlfriend and her friend to smoke a cigarette. And he said, we're sitting there and this black dog just comes up wagging its tail and it just sits there and it starts staring at us. And he said it was just like a not an overly sized dog. And then all of a sudden it just started kind of growling. And then they all kind of got nervous. He said, and then we look over and in the parking lot, there were about five or six other dogs that looked identical to this dog. The way he described it was like a skinny German Shepherd. If you mixed it with a, uh, uh, I forgot what he said it was, uh, not an Australian shepherd. What is that other dog? Uh, Border Collie. And he in, in, the, in the, the, the original thing he sent me, or he had sent to Mike, it said it was a German shepherd Border Collie mix-looking dog. But they were to- it was totally black, and they weren't very big. But he said that some of the other black dogs that, were, that came kind of walking up out of the shadows, they, they all kind of looked the same build. But they all ran inside. But the friend of his girlfriend said that that a couple of them looked like they might have been coyote looking, like they're part coyote. He said to me, they all looked the same. I don't know. That's what he said. But he said that you know, he went outside about an hour later, and they were gone. And they he walked them to their vehicle, and he walked back inside. So they called the animal control. Animal control comes out. They try everything they can to, to catch these, you know, whatever, even staking it out. Because at this point, several people had seen it and they were afraid that these dogs could hurt somebody because they were, getting because, aggr- yeah, it's no longer they were getting aggressive. Yeah. It's a pack now. But the, he said the weirdest thing was one day he goes, I was, I was walking because we started walking the members to their vehicles. He said, I was walking one of the members to their vehicle and we see like in, in the, 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 the farthest part of the parking lot where there's barely any light. He said, you could see this huge pack of them just running, barking. And he said that the crazy thing was their eyes were all glowing green. And he said that it happened again one night when he was sitting behind the counter. He said, I'm not going to lie. I was falling asleep. You know, it was like three. Here, here again, I asked him what time. And it was very interesting that Jared told me the time was always around two going on three o'clock when he would see them. And he said that he saw this huge pack of them run right in front of the freaking gym. And he told the managers and the managers didn't do anything about it. They weren't really doing anything. You know, gyms are a lot of times gyms don't do anything about it. They just really don't do anything. Um, We've had our share of problems, not the gym we're at now. They're actually pretty cool, but 
we've had we've been to some crappy gyms over the years where they just don't do nothing. I mean, you know, you're like, hey, weight fell and broke my leg. Oh well, well it sucks. Maybe you should change uh, how you work out. You know, it's your fault. Whatever. But they said that these dogs just kind of ran in front of it. He said, dude, it was on camera too. Like he showed them, you know, and they were just like, oh, well. And he said one night he was outside with his girlfriend and they were talking to another friend of his that was there working out and they weren't outside. And the, the guy was standing there getting ready to leave, you know. And he said he was sitting there talking and, and he was holding his keys and he goes, and he kind of flung his keys out of his hand on accident. He said that none of us noticed this. He goes, but all of a sudden he goes down to pick up his keys and there's one of them standing right there and it's growling. And he said that the, the crazy thing was they all look up and he goes, and this was where the supernatural element came in. He said that you could see behind that dog what looked like a pack of dogs, but it was kind of like shadowy and wavy. And I go, what do you mean shadowy and wavy? He goes, they were kind of sitting off camera in the darkness and they were not fully like developed, like physically, they looked like, phantoms. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I go, like ghosts. He goes, I guess kind of, I said, okay, so let me ask you a question. If you picked up a rock, would you throw these? It would probably go through them. He's like, that's when I realized a hundred percent. I already knew there was something not correct. And he goes, that's when I knew there was something wrong. He said, and up to that point, they had never gone inside the gym, but he said that one night he was going to the back to the, to the storage area. Uh, cause he had to do some restocking or whatever. And uh, when he went to the back, he said that he saw one, what he thought was one of those dog, dog-looking creatures, whatever, turn the corner and go into one of the, the, the storage closets. And he's like, oh, heck no. So the next morning, you know, like the manager and everybody come in, they're like, why didn't you do this? Why'd you do that? He said, because in that storage closet is one of those dogs. And he goes back, he opens the door. There's no dog there. He's like, what are you talking about? There's nothing here. When he goes back there with the manager, he opens the door and he sees soot, like black soot, like all around the, the closet. He said like somebody took a, a, a bag of like ash and just opened it up and it blew everywhere. And he, he goes and tells the manager, he goes, did you not see this? Like right over here by the sink and all this other stuff. And the manager's like, oh my gosh, what is that? He said it smelled like sulfur. And he said that day he quit. And I said, so whatever happened? He goes, I don't know. I didn't stick around. And then he relocated and we moved from there uh, up to McKinney, uh, which is north of Dallas. But uh, yeah. So that's a crazy story. What what they were and why they were and why they chose to inhabit that area, I have no idea. But that was a crazy story he told me from back in 2014. And Kind of reminds me of the story in Taylor of the – of the group of mariachis who sold their soul and mm -hmm. got turned into black dogs black that dogs. people would see. Yeah, the Hidalgo. Yeah, Hidalgo the Hidalgo dogs. dogs. Folks, we're, th that's going to be it for tonight. But you know what? Man, I got some really good ones, man. And and I want to come back and we're going to revisit this. We're always, you know, there's always time for black dogs. I mean, I think this is our third or fourth episode on them. So, I mean, there's all, we're always getting new stories on them. There's always weird stuff going on. I mean, if they're not acting cute and pretending to be the goodest little boy before they turn into a man and try to sleep, uh, sleep in bed with your girlfriend, then they're probably just going to be a thousand pounds and break your car in a cemetery. Yeah. Uh, the, really what bothers me is this re re recurrence of three o'clock. Yeah, because that's really weird. 
Well, for us, because we we timed it, you know, like we have it all laid out at three o'clock, but like in the span of the universe of like nature of like where things aren't really timed the way we have it. So perfectly, what is that significance of that time period? You know what I mean? Like if we understand time because we actually mark it down, then why does that keep happening things keep happening at that time. Mm-hmm. Like what is going on at that time? Like is the plane just a little bit thinner or like what is going on? Well, the significance of 3 a.m. is that it's the opposite of, of the crucifixion, which was at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's the story now. Yeah, I mean like that's th- for – I was going to say like that's for humans because we had it timed at that time so that we understand the significance of it right there. But just like in nature where if, you know, like a tr- tree falls in the forest, did it really fall? But like if – at that time, if we weren't here to actually put it as three o'clock, what goes on and during that moment every day to where the they, things keep happening? You know, I mean, because like I say, time is isn't really real. It's something we made up to under, concept, understand yeah. what was going on on the daily today, but the day to day doesn't really make matter to the earth. But it's still for some reason. Multiple accounts throughout multiple stories on multiple months, uh, cryptids, ghosts, every, all kinds of stuff. Three o'clock keeps popping up, no matter over what. Over and over again. Yeah, the three, and also three knocks. You know that happens a lot. People talk about somebody knocking on their door three times, like with the black eyed kids. There's three of them. You know, th- three knocks and stuff. I mean, it's just. The number three seems to be very prominent. Now, folks, like we said, we do a live stream for you guys who are just listening to the podcast. Check out the live stream on Friday nights because I'm going to tell some more stories. I tell a story on Friday night every night um, without fail, and I also bring a guest on, and they tell stories, and they'll tell their stories, and they talk about their research or tell about their encounters. Um, there's a couple of good, really good stories on this one. I'm going to come back to this one real soon. Uh, one was near a, in, in, in the Wind River Reservation, um, which was sort of a shapeshifter story. And then I had another one near Lake Huron. And then I had another one in South Dakota. So the, the, stay tuned for those. I'm going to tell those eventually. And I still haven't gotten to tell my weird story that I, that I got on Easter that I felt kind of bad. At first, I was aggravated. I was like, oh, here I am on Easter just trying to enjoy my Easter Sunday and somebody gives me some weird story. It's either work or the show and kind of got aggravated. And I thought, you know what, dude, this is what I do. And I'm glad that somebody took the time on Easter to send me a weird story. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm like not, um, unhappy about that at all. So. I mean, if there was something to bother you on Easter, having a story would definitely be the best. Yeah. Out of the two jobs that we have, the last thing you want to do is having to deal with security. And so Yeah. So folks, thank you for, for tuning in. Don't forget to go drop a comment into the Facebook group, Paranormal Roundtable on get your that. conference tickets, you know, get, get your conference tickets. Please uh do that quickly if you can. Now people are asking me about hotels. There's four major hotels, I believe, right there by the conference center. Uh, get your tickets. Fort Worth is the place. Uh, so just uh, be there and uh, we can all have a good time. That's it for tonight, folks. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a, a good evening, a two good Tuesday and a good week. And we'll see you on Friday on the live stream on YouTube. 
Good night. 